Lord, you are here, present among us. And we are here today, weeping at the cross. Pour out your blessing on us as we walk through this Holy Week. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you might think, after listening to the whole Passion, which was done so well, thank you all who participated, um, that we wouldn't really need a sermon, because really, what else is there to say? But i got to tell you, the prayer book says sermon, so I have to do one. So, it's Palm Sunday, in case you hadn't noticed. Palm Sunday, for me... has always been a very conflicted day. We start out yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then we yell, crucify him, crucify him. And I struggle with the two things until I realize How often we say, Hosanna, or we believe in the Lord, or we are doing this, or we are being so Christian-like, and out of our mouths come the weary words that we do not want to hear, that are not very Christian-like, that we really turn away from the Lord. So in reality, I think that the schizophrenic nature of this day is very much a part of our life in Christ, as much as we don't want it to be sometimes. But it is. I'd like to tell you that I just model the perfect Christian every day, every hour of every day. And everybody who knows me would say, right, uh uh-huh, let me tell you about her. And I'm sure that most of us have that same type of thing. We want to be. And yet, we're not quite there yet. And, you know, when you look at Peter, you can sympathize with them. So, as the Passion narrative continues, Jesus is going to be very invested in the celebration of the Eucharist. And here comes a shameless, Please come back on Monday, Thursday, because we're going to be talking more about that. But it's a very much a part of this passion time with him, that they're coming in. He says, get ready to go prepare the Passover meal for me. And um, Luke and Mark and John are, are very much into this. But Luke is very concerned all through his gospel with the fact that Jerusalem is the holy city and the temple is the holy place. So Luke places so much emphasis on that. In fact, it starts in chapter 1 of Luke when Zechariah, the priest, whose son becomes John the Baptist, prophesies over the child at his baptism. And it continues. Um, We heard a few weeks ago, Jesus wept, wept. Over Jerusalem. He grieved over Jerusalem, the city that scorned the prophets, that killed the prophets. And as it continues, now we're set in Jerusalem. And when Luke continues with his book of Acts, it is set immediately in Jerusalem, 
with the disciples being there. So this is a very important place. It's significant in Luke's gospel. And it's now nearing the time for the Passover meal. And Jesus says, I have longed to have this meal with you. I have longed to have this meal with you. And in the Passover meal, he does what we will experience in a very uh, reduced way in the Eucharist, where we take the bread and the cup and we bless them and we say what Jesus says to his disciples. Drink this wine. I'm not going to drink it again until I come back, until I've been in the kingdom of heaven. Take this body because my body is going to be broken for you. Broken for you. Remember this. Remember this. These are important things. And as we're in the midst of that um, intimate setting of the gospel, uh, of the meal, the disciples begin to argue, well, who's the greatest among us? I mean, did you hear about the healing I accomplished last week? Or the preaching I did? Or this or that? And, you know, we are so used to that in our culture today because it's all about who's the best? Who's number one? Who is the star? Who is So there's always a good, better, best rating. And so that's what the disciples are in the midst of. And Jesus says, I got to tell you, about being humble it's about being humble it's about being loving it's about serving it's about being kind it's about doing all of these things but I want to back up a minute because we can't leave Simon Peter where he was in the gospel message in the Passion, where he sits at that dinner and says, Oh, Lord, I would never, ever, under any circumstances, nothing could make me deny you. And then, as we all know, three times he says, I don't even know who this guy is. I don't know him. And at the third time, Jesus looks at him. And I want you to feel the grief that Peter must have felt at that time. Just, oh my gosh. He knew what I would do, and I've done it. I've betrayed my Lord. And Peter goes out and weeps. But I think when Jesus looks at Peter, he looks at him with forgiveness. He looks at him with love. He looks at him with compassion. He looks at him with all the blessing that he can give him. Because a bit earlier in the meal, Jesus has said, Satan has been trying to disrupt this thing. Satan 
has got some power. And I have been praying for you against Satan. But remember when Jesus went into the wilderness after he was baptized and he was tempted by who? Satan. The very last verse of that was, and Satan left him until an opportune time. And so this time of crucifixion, this time of Passover, has been the opportune time for, for Satan to get involved. Jesus is betrayed. Peter um, denies him. All of these things are happening. But the last thing I want to talk to you about today is the significance of the fact that it is Passover. It is Passover, the traditional Jewish feast, which was celebrated every year. Our Easter is comparable to Passover. But what happened at Passover? Remember, the Jews were in Egypt, and the very last time when God says, I'm going to take my people out, he says, put what on the lintel of your doorpost? Blood. And so they took the lamb, the blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb, and they marked their door frames so that God knew this was a Jewish family. And that blood marked the beginning of his covenant leading them into the wilderness. He would be their people. He would be their God. He would create them as a nation. And so all through their worship experience, this blood This concept of of God saving by his blood was incredibly important. And this is the Passover meal that Jesus is celebrating. And what he is saying is, at this meal, it's going to be my blood that saves you. It's going to be my blood set on the cross that establishes a new covenant with each of you, that you will be my people and I will be your God. It's the sign and the symbol of the new covenant that is going to be offered. So Jesus becomes the new Passover. So, we begin Holy Week. We've had five weeks of Lent, five weeks of repentance, five weeks of no, what, hallelujahs, although I have heard a few from time to time. (laughs) We have one more week, and at this time next Sunday, we will be celebrating Easter. But Holy Week doesn't end here. Holy Week continues. And so we invite you back on Wednesday for the service. Wait, Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursday for the service of Monday, Thursday. And then again on Friday for what will be a much shorter service, just a meditation and a cross. And also the opportunity to walk the stations of the cross before that. All of this is a part of really moving into the glory and the excitement and the resurrection experience of Easter Day that literally 
every single day we are resurrected into new life. Jesus forgives us, he loves us, he invites us in. We are the family of God. And now as he walks through Holy Week, we need to walk with him. So I wish you a blessed Holy Week. May this week have many joys. May your prayers be answered. May things um, come together so that you're available for services. And may God's love just be poured out on you as we realize the enormity of what God has done for us. Amen.